Welcome to A Cup of Gratitude with Amanda Schaefer. Hi, I'm your host, and I'm so glad you stopped by. This podcast is really for anyone, anywhere, anytime, and it's about taking a moment to slow down and look around and actually see all of the good things that are there. There's no question that asks, is your cup half empty or half full? But I think a better question is, what's in your cup? I mean, a drop of gratitude will benefit your life unimaginably more than a full cup of anything else. So let's settle in and take a look at how we can shift our focus and embrace the joy and the wonder of the life that we have. And once you start, you won't be able to stop seeing the good. And just like me, you won't be able to stop talking about it. And somehow that creates even more. Even in the midst of difficulty, even when it's really hard. Learn how to drink from a cup of gratitude. Welcome today. I am speaking with Charlene Brisbane. She's currently a member of Dare to Imagine Church. And at Dare to Imagine, she's involved in community service and serves as a small group leader. In 2022, Charlene became vice president of the nonprofit organization Clothed in Strength, whose mission is to help women overcome barriers to success who have recently returned to society after being incarcerated or who have suffered trauma. She's also the creator of a podcast with her daughter, Shelby, called Garage Conversations with Char, via which she hopes to engage, inform, and inspire listeners. Charlene has a career in the biopharmaceutical industry that spans over 34 years. And she believes that her foundation was laid spiritually as well as professionally at Trinity United Methodist Church, where she accepted Christ at an early age and was baptized. At Trinity, she was chairperson of administrative council, a certified lay speaker and Sunday school teacher, as well as a member of United Methodist Women and the Inspirational Choir. Trinity was the place where she was given encouragement, responsibility, and the challenge to always strive to do her best. One of Charlene's favorite scriptures is Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. She places her hope in God and acknowledges that all that she is, is because of him. Oh, that's beautiful. Welcome, Char. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Amanda. Thank you for inviting me. Me me too. And you know, we got to tell the listeners how we met because this is, you would talk about God moments or God nudges or or God, mm-hmm. all the details, right? We were supposed to know each other, right? So we didn't right. know each other <laughs> at all. And so the story is um, my regular food store that I go to has an amazing floral department with all kinds of cool decor as well. So I had been eyeballing this really neat weather vane that I wanted to put outside at a table on my patio. And I almost bought it several times. It was a little bit pricey, but I really liked it. And I was like, I'm going to get it. And every time I couldn't get it because my shopping cart was so full. I shopped for my parents as well as my son and I, right? So I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I looked at it. It moved all over the place. And then this one day I said, I'm going to get it. And I'm going to buy it before I get my food, right? Thinking, you know, maybe I can stick it under the bottom part of the cart. So I go over and there's a young lady and her name is Shelby. And she was really sweet. And she said, well, yeah, you can buy it ahead of time and I'll hold it here for when you're done. So 
we realized I couldn't get it in the cart anyway. So I purchased it. I did my shopping. I came back and she had put it in this really nice box so it wouldn't get bent or anything. And I realized I couldn't carry the box and push the cart. So she was so kind and she said, oh, don't worry. Hold on. I will carry the box. So we're walking out and, you know, anyone who's met me knows I can talk to anyone about anything. Um, <laughs> we're, we're talking and she looks down at my arms and she saw my tattoos and she's like, oh, wow, I love your tattoos. And I said, thank you so much. I said, you know, I'm a, a Christian writer and speaker and, and podcaster. And um, I actually, these tell my story. And I said, each each one of these is like a little snippet of part of my testimony. And I said, I even used them one time at a speaking event, um, covered up. And then uh, people didn't know I had tattoos and started to tell my story. I took them off and kind of just went up my arm, like using them, you know, like little bullet points. And she was going, wow, that's really cool. And then she asked about the tattoos again. And her boyfriend's a tattoo artist. And we were just having mm-hmm. the best conversation. We got to my car. I opened up the back and was uh, putting it in the box and she's on her phone and I'm thinking, oh, I must have interrupted her. And she's like, wait, hold on a minute. What's the name of the podcast again? So she's pulling up a cup of gratitude and then she's telling me about you. She said, my (laughs) my mom has a podcast. My mom is a Christian. She's like, I really think you two are supposed to meet each other. And I said, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I took your podcast information and got your number we ended up emailing and texting and talking and we're already friends. It's yes, amazing. Amazing. yes, yes, it is. It is really amazing. You never know how God is going to bring people together. And, you know, when she said, oh, Shelby was like, you have to, you know, connect with Amanda. She has, she does a podcast too. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, wonderful. And then when I saw the name of your podcast, and I'm not going to call it coincidence. I know it's God. I hadn't planned on the last podcast that I wanted to do in my last series was going to be on gratitude. So I wanted to do it with my mom. And then when I knew that was the whole focus of your podcast, I was like, wow, this is just like too coincidental. You know, it's, it's really God bringing all these pieces together. And, um, so I really, and I've enjoyed listening to your podcast as well. You had one on, you know, about, you know, parenting adult children and I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, I enjoy listening to yours as well. And I'm really excited because later this week, I'm going to get to be a guest with your mom and get to to meet her um, while while we record. So yeah, God has these plans. And that's what Mm -hmm. I wanted to share this part before we started, because he had not only plans, I think, for each of us to be able to have each other on the podcast, but just I've been so encouraged getting to know your story, getting to see God work in your life, getting to meet your sweet daughter. You know, I'm, I'm encouraged by, by people um, in, and how they're growing and changing and how they allow God to move in their lives. So absolutely. And we live local. So yeah. we meant, meant to know each other for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, this podcast has been a great way for me to connect to people and every single one is a blessing and, and, and you're right up there. Um, I'm so grateful that, you know, I get a chance to do this and share your story because you do a lot of sharing other things, but I don't know that you've shared at this length or depth of capacity before. 
No, you're right. That I haven't really had. You know, I will share bits and pieces with certain people as it seems God leads me to. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, I haven't really, you know, had this like podcast just for just talking to me. I'm talking to other people, and I love talking to other people. On my podcast, and when they're if it's a good podcast, if I'm if they're talking in my mind, so right. Uh, <laughs> well, absolutely. But I think you know it's so important for each one of us to share our story. Because as we share them, people are able to see the threat of God in our life. And he is never changing and ever faithful. And they're able to see that, especially when you have interviews and all the stories are different. They see, well, the story's different, but God's the same. And it's it's been um it's been just a, such an honor to share these stories. It really is an honor to have someone share their story with you. Yeah, for sure. I know God, you know, they say it's the same yesterday, today and forever. So, you know, Amen. I think what you're doing is wonderful to, to you know, get people to share. And you never know how someone's story may impact you or may, may resonate with you. And that may be that one thing you need, that one word of encouragement when you're going through something. So that's right. That's right. Well, I am actually going to be ending my season four with with this particular episode. And um, for me, that's, I save kind of the ending and beginnings for ones that really touch me. And um, this one was just so personal, you know, to get to know you. So I always start, I'm a little bit different. I always like to start um, right at the beginning so that we really can see God in our stories. And I think sometimes it's encouraging even to us, you know, we don't take time to really look back over your whole life that often because we're too busy living right um mm-hmm. but I have found um that this is just uh, such a blessing for everyone so would you be willing to tell us about your childhood sure you know I I did uh as one of those people who did grow up in the church um my mom has very strong faith and um you know my dad as well he's very supportive of everything that my mom does. She's still very involved in her church. And um, she was the type of, and our house was the type of house where everyone would come to visit and stay overnight. And it didn't matter whether you profess to be, you know, Jewish, Catholic, Jehovah Witness, nothing. If you spent the night over our house on Saturday, you were going to church on Sunday. So, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> had so many, you know, my cousins have uh, been in our members of the church at the time and mm-hmm. have grown up to be wonderful people and sing on the choir and such as that. But, you know, so I had that foundation. I, you know, I accepted Christ in my life at an early age, as you read, and um, was baptized. I and followed in my mother's footsteps. She started teaching Sunday school very early in her life. I did as well. Yeah. Um, and um, really, you know, I do want to underscore, and I've I've even done this in um, presentations where I've talked about myself at work. I really mm-hmm. believe the church was an important foundation for me to do the things I've done in my career. It was where, you know, you had to stand up and say Bible verses, mm-hmm. um, uh, lead worship, and you know, it's and and you use those same skills at work, right? You have to give presentations, yeah. talk yeah. to people, treating people like you want to be treated. Um, you know, being, as I say, when I man, when I, I don't manage people any longer, but being trying to be a servant leader to help people Mm -hmm. to to develop. So I really feel like growing up, 
the church was so important to me and an important facet of my life. I will admit, though, sometimes when you grow up in a church, you can be a little bit self-righteous, I think, too. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm glad that God taught me to, um, you know, as I as I grew up and then met more people to be open and to um, realize, you know, I can't I I have, uh, you know, I I can have a big plank in my eye when I'm looking at somebody and being judgmental and looking at the splinter in their eye. Absolutely. um, Absolutely. so important. So I, I give church as being such an important foundation to, to my life. And, and of course, ultimately Christ, of course, mm-hmm. and, and having my, in, in my life so early has had made, like I said, such an impact. I even remember in high school, like, you know, I have friends and different groups of friends and they would even sort of shelter me like, no, Shari, you're not going to do that. <laughs> we don't want you to go there, you know, but oh. now that I look back at one and I'm like, okay, that was just God, you know, just that's right. watching over me, you know? That's right. That's awesome. And uh, what great memories you have. And I'm so glad that you did have that steadfast foundation and learned those skills organically. I think that was part of God's plan. He's going to use you later. And uh, it's so wonderful. It is it's very important to learn to be able to get up and share in front of people and to be comfortable. Not everyone is certainly not everyone's willing to do a podcast or get up on a stage and, you know, lead anything. It's definitely something that God puts in certain people. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. For sure. And and as we go on in your story, we'll begin to see some of the ways that he used that. Um, now, you have a brother. And you had told me at one point in our pre-recording call that you uh, went to a private school. What was that time like for you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a brother and um, I went to public school through like fifth grade. And and at the time, mm-hmm. you know, my um, parents were told, oh, you know, Charlene probably needs a little bit of a challenge. And so I went to visit a couple of schools and I liked this school and, and um suburb of Philadelphia. I mean, it, it subsequently closed. It was closed. It was called Melrose Academy. And my brother had always went to like sort of private schools. So then my parents put us both in there. And that was interesting because um, it was a private Catholic school. So we didn't have to necessarily take all the Catholic classes, but we had to, you know, still take world religion or something like that. But it was really a good experience because it was a very small school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to do quite a, quite a bit of different things. And it was funny. I just, I, I did, I, we didn't talk about this, Amanda, but I think it's a funny story. So I was just like, you know, I want to see what confession is about, you know, being a believer, we can go right to Christ, which is amazing. Right. right? We do. Right. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I want to see what confession was about. So I went in and I said, okay, father, I'm not Catholic, but uh, I did whatever. And he told me uh-huh. I'm go say couple of hair mailies or stuff like that. But I was just like, you know, isn't it a, it, it just made just confirm the fact that it's wonderful to have that relationship with Christ where you can go to him directly. Amen. Um, <laughs> so, I, think it's fun. I think it's funny that you went and did it, though. I think I might have done that, too. You know, just like, oh, what's it wasn't like, you know. Um, right, 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 right. I can't so, tell you how many people I've talked to who either grew up Catholic or exposed to the Catholic religion that mm-hmm. um, somewhere along the line as a child said, Hey, wait a minute. Why is it? I have to go through a person, you know, they put mm-hmm. it kind of together. Um, and even if somebody hadn't taught them that you can go right to Jesus, it just didn't feel right to have to go confess your sins to a person. 
Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 It's it's funny how we've made all these different traditions of men. And I Mm -hmm. certainly um, I certainly believe that everyone had their best intentions as they came up with all these different denominations and things. But there's no denominations in the Bible, folks. It's, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the word of God is the word of God. So that's definitely a man made thing. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, my my hope in finding a church was just always one that would be um, Bible reading, Bible believing. You know, we go through, if you're going to be reading the book of Ruth, you're reading the book of Ruth. You're going to read the book of Isaiah. It's going to take a couple of years, but you're going to read the book of Isaiah, you know. And, right, um, right. Absolutely. Yeah, just knowing that whatever's going to come across the pulpit is actually lining up with my time at home in the word, you know, and um, and I know that it's the same for you. And sometimes it's hard to find that, believe it or not. You know, sometimes uh, uh, some of the churches that I've been to um, have not had that. It's like you have this little piece of scripture and a lot of, you know, just a story about someone's life, which is nice. But, um, you know, I, I think that we really can be transformed by the word of God. And it's so important to hear it all. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, the I group that I'm working doing now we're studying the bible via a, a, a study uh manual and we're starting in Gen- genesis and we're going all the way through revelation so it's been quite a nice even even though i'm leading at a review for myself and just looking at these scriptures again because every time i read the bible i find some other little nugget mm-hmm. and it's like wow i read that a million times and now okay that stands out <laughs> you know so i do know, Timeless, you know, and also even, you know, I know some people shy away from the Old Testament and yes, it can be tough sometimes, but if you look at the people, they're the same people, you know, the same things that we deal with today and, you know, thousands of years ago. (laughs) So, yeah, well, I think there's so many different levels because, you know, we see something different every time because number one, we're different every time, but the word is alive and active, (laughs) you know, and so um, God is able to just continue uh, to help us see new depths, new things, new truths, new wisdom every single time. And that's what makes it so amazing. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it does remind me again, and I know we have this in common. We like Priscilla Shire mm-hmm. and she does a great message on the armor of God. And she talks about, you know, of course, the word of God is the sword of the spirit, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's our one offensive weapon, <laughs> you yes. know, um, and so it's so important to know it so that you can speak it because it moves and 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 it it actually can cut things down in the spiritual realm um, as well as build up um, in in the earthly realm. And uh, it's so important that we know our Bible. So I'm glad that your small group is doing that and going all the way through. I I read the Bible every day, and you know I, I do some type of straight through Bible in a year all the time as well because. I want to know as much of it as I can in my heart so that when I get an opportunity to share that the hope that I have, I know what to say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. great. And uh, I want to give a shame, shameless plug only because I really love this Bible. It's a Bible called the Jesus Bible. Okay. And throughout the Bible are devotionals or not, the, I won't call them devotionals, but that, that bring you back show you everything through the Bible points back to Jesus. It's an amazing mm-hmm. Bible. I just, I just <laughs> love it. Oh, that's awesome. Who, who makes it, you know? Um, I'm not sure if it's, um, 
you know, one of your typical Bible publishers, but if you look up Jesus Bible, you will, it's easy, you'll find it. So, and, okay. and, it's, and it's um just a great way. I went through the Bible with that Bible. Um, that was the last time I went through it, like straight through it out. I, I like you also read the Bible, um, you know, every, every day and morning and night. Some one is sometimes a devotional or mm-hmm. guiding me through, but, but um, that particular Bible is, is a really good one for just focusing your, focusing you on the fact that everything points back to Jesus. Um, That's right. Every single story in the Bible is about Jesus. And right. literally the Bible is like, Jesus is the word. So it's, <laughs> it is Jesus. Um, I just uh, put out this week, a episode of a woman who grew up Jewish. Mm-hmm. And when she finally did have a pastor challenge her to read the Bible, which no one, all the times that she had gone to churches, no one had ever asked her to read the Bible, which I thought was crazy. But when he, he gave her a Bible in a year and he said, as you look at everything in the old Testament, knowing that she was grown up, uh, had grown up being Jewish, everything in the old Testament look for Jesus. And Mm -hmm. she said it was the most amazing thing because she found him, (laughs) you know, in the, in, in the books that were her heritage, um, which it's just so cool. Now, your original aspirations for a career are different than what you ended up doing. <laughs> you went went to Carnegie Mellon. What did you end up majoring in? What did you end up doing? Yeah, well, I, I um, originally wanted to be a doctor. And um, I went to Carnegie Mellon and studied biology because I definitely didn't want to go to a school where you were majoring in pre-med because that's not a major right Um, so and I love biology I love science um and um so I went through Carnegie Mellon which was a really tough school but I met some wonderful people especially a group of women who I um lived with um when we were there and we still connect today um although one of our dear friends has passed already which is a totally different issue but being at a different stage in life where now you have friends who are passing yeah. away and is, is, is something, but um, yeah. And so I went through Carnegie Mellon and, you know, to get into medical school, your grades have to be at a certain level and you have to apply to all these schools. And I was just like, do I really want to do this? And I read, <laughs> and, I, and I saw a, a documentary on being an intern and, um, I was like, no, I don't want to, I don't think I want to do this. And also I was blessed to have an internship in my junior year, summer of my junior year at Johnson and Johnson. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to come back again when I graduated. And at the same time, I'm a teacher at heart. Um, and I also got certified in K through sixth grade education because I really, like I said, love science. And I really believe that you have to get children early in an appreciation of science, right? Because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I know I, I, was, I was impacted by a sixth grade teacher who really got me into liking science. So, um, so anyway, so J and J offered me a job, and also I could go teach in the Philadelphia School District. And I remember pondering over this, praying over it, and my mm-hmm. dad did something that set me on his career directory. He says, "You know, Shar, you can teach anytime." But to go and work for J&J, that's something that, you know, you might not want to pass up. And so I didn't. And and that's how I got to work in the biopharmaceutical industry. And I had such wonderful managers who really nurtured me. And Mm -hmm. I know that's God. 
And in particular one, I still keep in touch with her every uh, every now and then. She said, you know, Shar, you have lots of ideas. You know, you need to speak up because I would always be a little bit, you know, I would always think, hey, I don't have a PhD. I'm not going to. Right, right. You know, so she, she said that and she really helped me um, to be confident in myself. She agreed. And I always say I was blessed to work on pharmaceutical industry when they had lots more money. She let me go to talk to her as a junior junior scientist and say, hey, can I get my MBA while, wow. while I, because uh, I want to marry uh, science and business. And she was like, okay, I can't, I, I just think how crazy that is because if one of my people who was a junior scientist at the time I was leading said to me, mm-hmm. I want to get my MBA, I would have to say no. <laughs> so wow. I just know how how good God was and allowed me to do that. I mean, that's favor. That's God's <laughs> yeah. favor. That so is. you know, you weren't you weren't born. It wasn't a surprise to God when you were going to be born, right. or that that's where you were going to go, or that that was a time where you would have the opportunity to do that. That's that's God's favor. That's amazing. Yes, that is definitely God's favor. So I um, you know, I did that. And I really I I, I like had so many opportunities. I'm so thankful. And then I wanted up um, you know, going to uh, you know, uh, staying with J and J for 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 eight years. And um at that time I met my um husband. And uh we were we got married and you know, I was driving a lot. And mm-hmm. here's another favorite thing. Um, so, um, you know, I was in a good position, to be honest with you, Amanda. I love the people I work with. It didn't seem like I needed to leave. But then there was some, you know, every every place there's grumblings of things changing. So I put my resume sure. out there. And I got into uh, GSK. When I joined, it was called SmithKline Beecham. Mm-hmm. And um, I accepted the job. And can you believe, like, a month after... I joined, I was pregnant. <laughs> and I was like so concerned. And it's so funny because I still, these are still friends today. And I yeah. went in the office and I told my friends, I was like, I'm pregnant. Are they going to fire me? And they were like, no, this is exciting. Congratulations. Oh, wow. So I only worked for GSK for like one month or more. And, um, but God knew that I couldn't be driving like three hours. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know like amazing. I was, um, and I love, and I was, I was one of these people, I was sick and when I was sick and pregnant, I didn't realize I was pregnant. And the only problem I had is that I was so tired. Yeah. And you know, you know, having changed jobs and being closer to our house at house at the time was such a blessing. So you know, you see how God puts all these things th- together. And, I do. Uh, that's that's why we start at the beginning because yeah. it's really hard to miss. He writes the best stories. He really he does. does. He really does. And um, now. Once you're married and you were pregnant, you had your daughter, your husband was actually serving in Iraq and Afghanistan. Like, how did you manage all of that during that time without him being around? Yeah, it was really, uh, I have to say, you know, I always say when um, veteran days come come around that I, I, I lift up our veterans, but I also lift up their families who are at home. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, you do have to hold it down. And it's such a dynamic because, you know, you go from, you know, you're a couple and then when he's gone, you become head of the household and you're doing everything. And it's almost like when you get back together, 
there's a transition period. It's almost like you go through a honeymoon period again, and then you mm-hmm. go trying to figure out who's going to do what. And it's just this back and forth. <laughs> it's really, yeah. it's really, it can be really hard, but you know, um, you know, it's something that you have to work through. So I really have a heart for, for families whose, whose um, spouses or even child is in mm-hmm. the military. <clears throat> yeah. My, my daughter's husband is retired army and yeah, I, they go through a lot and, you know, he ended up having PTSD and brain trauma. You come back and, you know, go over there at 18 and, and come back with all of these things that you need to learn how to heal through and work through. And mm-hmm. it's a lot, it's a lot. And I'm sure it must be really hard to not worry. Yeah. You know, when, when, you know, let alone the things that have to get done, but to not worry, Hey, am I going to see them again? Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough situation. Yeah. Now you had told me when we spoke in the pre-recording call that after your husband retired, that he worked for Homeland Security and Mm -hmm. TSA and that he even served as an air marshal. Like what was that experience like? Yeah, that was an experience because he would have to like, you know, fly to different places and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, you know, he, he, and I think, you know, that's where being in the military, that type of position served him well mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, take some of the skills and, 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 you know, serve really our country being an air marshal or being in Homeland Security. There was so much stuff going on at that time. Um, I, I, I always, you know, I always remember 9-11 because as our daughter was so small, you know, she was like in preschool or something like that. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, just us, you know, just, you know, picking her up. And, you know, I always say once again, God's favor, like for some reason, Shelby just slept. And I was like sort of glad because there was so much stuff on TV and yeah. all this kind of, kind of thing. And, you know, we were all looking at it and thinking, wow, you know, the, the world is changing. Absolutely. My son was little at the time. He was also in preschool. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember as soon as we realized what was going on, turning the TVs off and not having anything on, not talking about it in front of him, trying to keep it kind Mm -hmm. of off of his radar. And he went to preschool the next day. And when I picked him up on the ride home, he said, you know, mom, did you know that there are dead people under the, the, buildings on the ground and I, I said wait a minute what are you talking about buddy you know mm-hmm. and got home and evidently people had been talking about it picking up their kids the teachers and the moms and didn't realize but I was able to as age appropriately as possible try to explain what had happened but you know that's a traumatic thing for a little kid you know yeah that is and um, I, I am glad like I said Shelby she was tired for some reason like I said I have to give yeah what a blessing yeah yeah yeah. And she went to a Christian school. So I think they, you know, I didn't, I didn't think she heard anything about it, at mm-hmm. least at that time. And um, we had a couple, I had a couple of days off of work, so she didn't have to go yeah. right back to school. And That's good. Like that. So yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, then you realize because, you know, when I met my husband, he was, he had just finished ROTC. We just, we had both graduated from college. We met each other. And he was such a general. And I always remember that he kissed my hand when I met him. And he was all off his way to go to some kind of chemical school training. And we exchanged numbers and we talked 
the, that next day. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hear about hear from this guy. He's going away. And mm-hmm. um, but, you know, we connected and and when we, um, you know, we dated for <laughs> five years before we got engaged because I gave the story I was going for my MBA and I'm just such a practical sort of person. I was like, we can't get married till I'm done. I finished my MBA. Okay. So that made us, uh, we, so we got married after we were dating for seven years, which is a number of completeness, as you know. So maybe once again, that's true. And did you know, (laughs) it's funny because we talked about this in the pre-call, but I didn't know when we were talking the pre-call about the five years, I just had lunch with somebody who, when she was telling me a bit about her story, realized she had this succession of fives. It was like five years of this, five years of that. And so um, while I'm talking to her, I'm looking up what the number five means biblically, and it means grace. Uh-huh. <laughs> so <laughs> just, just a little tidbit of the way yeah. my crazy mind works. But, you know, so again, you know, every detail means something with God. Yes. You know, yes. it really does. And if you're, if you're willing to listen is a lot to say that we mm-hmm. miss. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Now, unfortunately, um, mm-hmm. your husband passed away. Uh, first mm-hmm. of all, let me just say, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I also didn't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry for your loss of your friend uh, recently um, yes. from that group. Um, mm-hmm. It is that time in our life, unfortunately, when people yeah. are starting to pass. But mm-hmm. your husband passed away. W- will you share with us what happened? Sure. You know, as, um, you know, with Cher, my husband was in the military. He sell, sell, share, uh, served multiple tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. And even, and um, he had retired, um, you know, um, career uh, at, at being in the military. I would say, mm-hmm. I won't say career because of the fact that he was a reservist. So he did all his time on weekend. He was a weekend warrior, two weeks in the summer. But then because he was an officer, he was called for you know, over a year, over years um, to Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. he served as long. He served as long as 18 months at one time. Mm-hmm. So he experienced a lot there. He was the type of person who did not um, talk a lot about those, neg- what he saw. He would tell us about the people and how he would be responsible for going in villages and, and trying to help the villagers and the people and some of the frustration about sometimes they would go in and try to do things. And the next thing you know, they come back and things were back the way they were. Um, but, you know, certainly, you know, you mentioned the trauma that your yeah. son-in-law experienced. Um, he experienced the same kind of thing. So, um, he did, um, you know, I think the term they say now is he died by suicide or some people still say committed suicide um, mm-hmm. is something, you know, Amanda, that, you know, if you had asked me to talk about this maybe five years ago, I probably wouldn't be as comfortable. And I and as I said, if people if I met someone and, and they shared something and I felt it would be encouraging, I would. But I mm-hmm. certainly have to say after 10 years, it would it was would it be 10 years um was 10 years in March. I certainly have um, grown and understand that my story could certainly, even in this, could help someone. That's right. So, That's you, right. Know, um, you know, uh, I, yes, um, we um, we had talked that morning. I had went to work. We actually were having some ups and downs in our marriage. And, um, you know, I think sometimes I also want to say this because I, I want believers to understand that, you know, Christians get depressed too, and it's okay to get help. 
That's uh, right. Can help may be that you need. I know it can come in different ways. It could be prayer, it could be talking to your pastor, it could be counseling, or you could have something in your brain going on that you need medication. And my husband just was not the type of person who felt mm-hmm. it was necessary to talk to someone. Of course, to get out from the military, you do have to go through some counseling and absolutely he would said whatever he needed to do to get mm-hmm. out of that. But um, you know, um Whatever was going on in his life at the moment, he made that decision. And I say that it was that moment because um, I, you know, that doesn't take away that he wasn't, he was a, he was a Christian. He was a believer. And I know he's with God now and he's at peace, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and um, I always say, you know, my pastor at the time suggested this book called Christians Get Depressed Too. I know you're going to put it in the notes. Mm -hmm. It's an excellent small little book uh, that, that just says like, you know, don't, as Christians, we shouldn't be so dogmatic. We should be open and, you know, people get what they need. And I just feel like uh, my husband didn't have what he needed at time. Even um, my pastor, uh, our pastor at the time, and, you know, I kept trying to get Ron and, you know, let's get together. Let's, he would always come up with excuse. And I remember sometime close to him passing, um, we had this sort of argument about, you know, you know, hey, you're home. I'm going to church without you. Shelby and me and Shelby are going, why aren't you coming? And he like got really upset with me. And then when yeah. I came home, he apologized. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly there was a lot of things going on. And even though he would tell me, you know more about me than anybody else. Yeah. There were certain things going on with him that, you know, weren't, weren't being addressed. Um, I totally One of my soapbox issues is the fact that mental health is health and that we Mm -hmm. don't treat it that way, not only in society, but especially in the church. And and we need to do better. Um, My daughter is a psychotherapist, as is my Mm son-in-law, and he's now going for his doctorate as well as they each have. She has two offices. He has uh, a whole bunch of people that work uh, together uh, for him. in in an office as well so they're both helping quite a lot of people and you know they specialize in trauma and addiction and emdr and he works with a lot of veterans he has lost over the years so many of his friends so you know to see that he was able to come to a point of healing and is now helping others you know both of them are christians um both of them you know have all of the training you know, that you need uh, and the experience, but they also have the Holy Spirit to, to lead them as well. So I, I know that what they're doing is definitely God's work, mm-hmm. but, you know, we have to do better. We have to. And you know what? Um, some people are not going to reach out or they're not going to feel like they need to talk or they're going to feel like they're less than or damaged or broken or all these different words when we're supposed to be, the church is not supposed to be this, I don't know, little club. It's it's supposed yeah. to be literally triage. It's where where we help each other get to the feet of Jesus yeah. so we can be healed. And sometimes, you know, you look in the Bible, you know, that man that got lowered through the roof on a mat by his friends, they, they couldn't get through, so they cut a hole. They lowered him down to get him to Jesus. That's what we need to be. We need to be those friends. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the Bible is like, like we're talking, is timeless. 
And you yeah. can look look through the Bible and see examples of that. I think David is a is an excellent example. He went through a lot of was definitely depressed at some points. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. and he got yeah. <laughs> Elijah was. God sent him to be alone and 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 get his strength back before he sent him out in ministry again. You know, mm-hmm. there are so many examples. Absolutely. So again, I could talk about that forever because I think we just let's just again say we need to do better. We yeah. need to really make it that people can come in and feel comfortable to share whatever they're going through. Absolutely. And I think it's all about talking, you know, and I'm so glad that my daughter continues to talk and we talk and if mm-hmm. she needs help, she gets help. Um, yeah. and, you know, you have to find that safe, that safe space, that safe person who you can talk to and uh, share. That's right. But, That's right. God is good and sovereign. And I was so glad to have the support of uh, family and friends and people praying for me. And even Shelby school was amazing. They had a busload of girls come and, be at the service. Um, wow. You know, it was great to be. I had worked at GSK quite some time by then. And, you know, my manager at the time was like, you know, Shar, you just come back to work when you're ready. Yeah. Um, having friends to walk with. I had a friend who was one of my friends from Carnegie Mellon. Um, we would just walk together. And she said, you don't have to talk if you don't want to talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, so, you know, I just look back on this and say, you know, God truly gave me everything I need. And I, and I was able to grow from beating myself up. Cause it's like, what I shouldn't have said this. I should have done this. I should have called that day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but that's the number one thing that you learn when somebody is right. struggling in it anyway, really, is that you right. didn't cause it and you can't fix it. Right. 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 Yeah. And that's yeah. gross. So I, I would say to people, you know, you will continue to know that God's sovereign and um, he's got you and just keep leaning yeah. on him as you go through, through these things and get the help that you need so you can mm-hmm. uh, keep moving forward. It's funny. One of the other things we talked about that you're very passionate about is for scientists to be able to believe in and love God the way that you do. And I, that's another one of my things, like, wait a minute, God invented science. He invented yes. the, the thing <laughs> that you're using to, to discredit him. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm sure in the position that you're in, you must get some opportunities, you know, to maybe in, in some sense, um, give him glory. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, science is to me, one of the things that points to God the most, because the more we uncover, the more we realize that we don't know. Amen. <laughs> you, know, and, you know, another sort of funny story in my younger years, you know, there was this person who wrote an article that Christians cannot be good scientists. So I just put it upon mm-hmm. myself to write this man and say, I think you're wrong. Christians can be scientists, you know, blah, 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 blah. And mm-hmm. He wants to write me back. I think you'll be okay. So I was just like, okay. <laughs> Um, but, you know, um, but I think that, you know, when you think about it, you know, um, whatever theory you believe in creation, there had to be some force, you know, if you believe in the soup, if you believe in the big bang, who made the big bang, who put the energy in the soup, Mm -hmm. there is, there is, you know, definitely, um, God is, God is in science. And I I did do a, um, a, a podcast with a couple of my colleagues. Um, one is actually in Ireland. One was one is in I work with. Now we talked about science, and they come from different places. But you know, 
no one disagreed that there's room for you to be leaving God and in, in, in science, you know, it's just people right. try to want to segment it, but you know, God can I, work I, I don't, and medicine and everything, you know, so. Yeah, I don't know a lot about science, but I know that matter is neither created nor destroyed. So bam, like, right. you know, I mean, something outside of our universe had to make that be, you right. know, and, and that's mind blowing, mm -hmm. you know, so, um, well, that's, yeah, I, I again, like, I don't understand how they don't go together. They do. Um, I think people just I can't God's ways are so much higher than our ways you know and they just can't conceive and it's so funny that these very intelligent people mm -hmm. you have to be super intelligent to really know and and be able to work with scientific things that they're the people that have trouble with it you know um you know you it's probably a, it, you know <laughs> you can't. yeah I think it's probably a prideful thing mm. you know like the, to be able to understand so much, but to think I understand it all, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, you give a lot of your time to mentor others, which I absolutely love. Could you give us some examples of what you do and how that's blessed your life? Yeah, I just, um, you know, just make myself available. People have reached out to me to, you know, talk to them about different career things. Also, I, I love having the opportunity to work with uh, children and mm -hmm. talk to them about science. And I think that's still a mentoring as well. Sure. Um, and, um, you know, my philosophy is if you leave, if, if you report it to me and you go above me, that's great. You know, I have people who are doing great things who used to be in my group, who are leading groups themselves, who are leading departments who are doing just wonderful things. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think, um, so that's why I, I love mentoring because you know what, as I mentioned, I have been so blessed and fortunate with people who took an interest in me. That's yeah. the least, that's the, like the least that I can do is um, help other people who want to do different things or looking for, you know. Um, well, I love I, that about your heart because not everybody overflows back what's been poured into them you know some people just oh thank you so much and they go on with their life um and that part of your heart uh, is is also somewhere where you take care of your parents like I do you know that not every child does that and I love having other people in my life who know a bit of what that's like yeah. would you share a bit about your parents Sure. And that was, I was thinking when Shelby met you, that's something else we have in common, right? But yeah, I have to so say, many. <laughs> I have to say, Amanda, my parents are very busy. <laughs> so yeah. they, they help me out sometimes more than I do for them because, uh, yeah. you know, it was great when um, I was traveling a lot, you know, my parents would be here taking care of the house or Shelby with, with Shelby or, you know, my mom is still very active in, in her church. Um, and, um, but, you know, I just prepared a lot of, cut, did a lot of chopping and stuff for them for Thanksgiving. I guess I can say it's okay. <laughs> Thanksgiving is tomorrow when we're taping this podcast. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, I'm there for them if they need it. You know, sometimes my mom doesn't like to drive at night. So let's say we're going to see our my brother. I'll drive back. But, mm -hmm. you know, they're such a blessing to me as well as me trying to help them, you know. So, you know. Well, just yeah, I mean, God put us into families on purpose. Right. right. And, 
not everybody gets to to have that relationship the way that you do though yeah yeah, no, yeah. I and I know that's a blessing, and you know a lot. So, because several friends call my parents like mom and dad, and yeah, <laughs> you know, and and things like that. So, and I think it goes flows back to what I said about growing up. Like our house was always the house where people would come. So I, mm-hmm. I always try to say, you know, my house is the same way as a very comfortable place. Anybody's welcome, and yeah, you know. that's awesome. Now you have a podcast of your own. Would you tell us about it? Sure. Um, It's called Garage Conversations with Char. And the name comes from the fact that I started the podcast during COVID. (laughs) I was supposed to go on a trip. (laughs) The trip got postponed. Of course, this was early on. And um, and a cousin of mine who has since passed, but he he heard me and another cousin cousin talking and say, yeah, I thought you were on the podcast. And I was like, no, I was just talking to cousin James. But Mm -hmm. then I woke up the next morning. I was like, hey, why don't I do this? And you know, I did my research and, you know, I brought a bunch brought equipment, which unfortunately is not working the best right now, but I've come up with <laughs> other ways to record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started the podcast and it's been a lot of fun. I call it my hobby. Uh, Shelby mm-hmm. and I worked together for at one point she was my editor, but then it was like that wasn't working for her, which I understand. She's got her own life. She can't just edit podcasts. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I use someone else. Um, Mm-hmm. And um, it's um, been really fun. And it's really, as Shelby says, whatever I want to talk about. Um, so I yeah. don't have a theme like you have, Amanda, but, you know, whatever comes up. And I do my podcast in series of 12. And mm-hmm. I'm about to finish up my fourth series of 12. So awesome. it's been great just talking to people like you do. It's just wonderful. Just hearing it is. It is. It's there's nothing more interesting to me than having a real conversation with someone. One where you listen, you ask questions, you answer questions, maybe you share something that that what they're saying reminds you of. A real conversation uh, where people aren't, you know, what I really don't like is there's some people who are listening just to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, they're waiting for their turn to say the thing they have in their mind and they've already tuned out what you're saying. I like mm-hmm. the people that lean in and really listen um, or or when they say something they have something of value to share yeah yeah I think it's also one thing that Shelby has said a few times on the podcast and I think it's the same for you too Amanda Mm -hmm. these Mm -hmm. podcasts are archival right so you're gonna I I don't know how long they're gonna last but especially for me like one of the podcasts I had my friend Jocelyn, the one who passed, was on it, and mm. you always hear her voice on that podcast. Yeah. Um, I have a podcast with uh, a couple of my uncles, and they talk about some of the things growing up um, and things like that. And mm-hmm. you know, have those recordings, so it's yeah. it's it's not just it's of course it's for listeners, is but there's also that you know you, you can just go back to it, and you'll have that 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 recording. It's so special. It is really special. And it's also, I think anytime we take the time to put something in some kind of tangible form, whether you make a podcast episode or you're a speaker or you make a video or whatever the thing may be, you write a blog, you write a book, something that can be picked up and passed on. When we do that, God uses it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and it can get used over and over and over again. And you look at certain books, for example, that are are being re-released, you know, that have been out for a hundred years and have touched so many lives. Think of all the times people like pass the book to a friend, to another friend, to another friend. And that's what people do with podcast episodes. They share them. Yeah. And it's really neat how God can use it. So if a lot of people have the idea to do something, but then they, they never actually step out and do it. And I think when you step out and do something, you're not just doing it for that one moment. If you make something that can be passed on, God will do that. And so I love the fact that they're talking about that it's archival and that, you know, we pray together before we start every yeah. episode and we prayed that God would send this wherever it needs to go. And we don't know. I, I'm still amazed that this thing, you know, is in different countries and cities. I don't know how God has done that, <laughs> but um, it's really, really cool to know that when I say, Hey, this is about you, God. And I give me people that I you know, can be entrusted, you know, with the honor of, of helping share their stories and just make me a platform, you know, um, that God has, has done that. And it is, it's so wonderful to honor people. And so I think any podcast where there's an interview, you're really honoring that person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I love the thought that it's kind of, it's also something that is still here to be passed on after someone might not be here anymore. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's the powerful part that like, like I said, I give credit to Shelby for, yeah for, for pointing that out. And, um, and it's so funny, like you said, like I always think, okay, mine's maybe are, you know, in different parts of the world having work for international companies and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But it's, at work, someone said, ah, gar- garage conversations with Shar. And I was like, it just hit me because I'm at work and I'm not thinking about it. She was like, your mm-hmm. podcast. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> so you, just <laughs> you don't. And and like there's a sense of legacy to it. You know, mm-hmm. that's really neat. Now, uh, you also do work with a nonprofit, which I absolutely love. Would you be able to, to share what you do with them? Yeah, um, it's, I feel, I just know that's God because um, I joined my new church, um, you know, it'll be two years coming up mm-hmm. around Easter time. And um, I met the founder of Clothes and Strength there, which is the name of a, a nonprofit. And, um, and we just, we were in the same I group together. As I said, those are small groups that my church has, which is wonderful because I go to a very large church. And to be honest, Amanda, I never thought I would go to a church this large that we have over a thousand members. Because mm-hmm. I thought I would, you know, I grew up in very small churches and I always got to know my pastor and all those kind of things. So another friend of mine said, oh, you should check out the Nomad, and I think you'll like it. But it doesn't feel like it's a large church. And I do know my pastor. So all those things are there. And I yeah. met Tamika there, the founder of Clothing Strength. And um, we got to know each other. And she told me about her nonprofit, which helps women. She's She was formerly incarcerated. So she has mm-hmm. a be- be- special passion for this. And I just, I just picked up on her passion. And yeah. before I know it, I became a member of the board and I'm, I'm vice president. So wow. it's it's a wonderful organization. I think she has a wonderful ex- a story. I know we talked about maybe you talking to her at one point. And Absolutely. She's 
sucked me in with her story. She actually is, she was on my podcast talking about her story and I had her on again. I say, you're coming on every series because <laughs> <laughs> she's such an engaging type person. Yeah, you know, we, yeah. You know, we help women um, who have been uh, incarcerated and are coming back in society or women who have experienced trauma. One of the things we do is called attire for hire. So we help women who need clothes for interviewing or for their job. We also provide um, interview skills and, and help them with their LinkedIn and things like that. Ultimately, we, ultimately we would like to have a, a building where women could come and gain skills, not stay forever, but for a transition so that they mm -hmm. can go back and be productive members of society and have the skills they need to, to make impact. So it's absolutely. Um, it's been it's been a great experience experience for me. I never thought, you know, in my life I would be on the board. But like I said, Tamika sucked me in. She's got that just like <laughs> you. You guys has that kind of personality that just sucks you in. <laughs> We're sucking you in for the Lord. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So well, that's awesome. And and everyone, when you do go to look at the show notes, um, I'm going to have uh, contact information to get into the website and look at that as well. Um, I'm sure that they would uh, love to have donations or volunteers or any of those good things. Um, and that's one of the things I love about sharing people's stories is if you are working with something that's doing a great job anywhere in the world, that I can put that in the show notes and hopefully get more people connected into what you're doing. So that sounds like an amazing thing. I uh, definitely I'm going to reach out to her. I think uh, she would be a great guest. Uh, now, we, I, I think we could probably sit and talk for hours, but I have to Absolutely. be mindful. <laughs> um, I, I do have one last question for you. I ask this every single episode. It's just my favorite question. If you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be? It would definitely be have confidence in yourself. God's got you. I admit mm. that I was... You know, I, I I embrace my nerdiness now, to be honest, Amanda. I am a nerd. I am a book person. I am a study person. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, when you're coming up, you always want to be like, oh, I, I, you know, I, I should be a cool kid or something like that. But just be confident in yourself and God's going to open up amazing doors for you. Um, just just stay with him and, and, and just keep keep um, pushing forward and. Um, He's got you. And I, that's what I would say. You know, you that's you're, awesome. more than you're, you, you're going to be more than you can even hope or imagine because of him. Yeah, that's, that's awesome advice. Very wise. And you know what? The cool kids aren't confident either. <laughs> that's you good. just think they are. You just think they are. Right. You know, um, at one point I was quote unquote, one of the cool kids and I had no idea what I was doing. I was anxious as I'll get out. I didn't know Jesus. And I, I'm nerdy now. I love to dig and look things up and it's, but it's all stuff about God. <laughs> yes. um, and honestly, you know, uh, nobody has it all together. I think we, we see certain things. And I think right now what's happening with all the social media is just making this exponentially worse is we see the best moments or we see, you know, certain things and then we make assumptions about somebody, um, good or bad. And, and we then take that back to ourselves and compare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we were all comparison. It, it kills things. Like we were all made unique on purpose and 
I don't believe we were ever supposed to compare and we were never supposed to all try to wear the same thing, drive the same car, have the same, you know, it's, that's just not what God's plan was, but I don't know what it is about human nature that we do that. And I think that every person that I've gotten to know yourself included is just so uniquely beautiful and God has given you talents and dreams and desires and abilities that are just unique to what your story is going to bring. And if you had anything else, it wouldn't work. Yeah. I mean, I think, you you know, you know, on Psalms, it says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I remember always using that with my little Sunday school class because I wanted to make sure that children knew that they're fearfully and wonderfully made. God made us all different. He knows every single hair on our head. Mm-hmm. So when you can embrace that difference, it makes such a difference. And it took me, you know, I'm human. It took me a while to get there. But and I think something in getting older, too, Amanda helps, too. For some reason, as you get older, you're like, you yes. know, I am who I am, whatever. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think I think we, we learn by then to figure out who we are and like to really embrace that and love it. And also, I think by then, hopefully, most of us have learned boundaries. Yes. Which helps. (laughs) That's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) It is. It is. People pleasing and boundaries and all this stuff. Because I think it all plays together with the way society is. And then, you know, if somebody's taken, you know, 30 shots of themselves until they get the one that they think is just perfect and that's what they post, you know, that's not reality. And you know what? You don't have to look a certain way or do a certain thing. You don't have to be per. You can just be who you are. And that's what's great about being a child of God. God loves us as we are. He wants more for us. He wants Jesus for us. He wants us, you know, um, to know him and pursue him, you know. But even before that, even, you know, when I didn't pay any attention to God, he loved me completely. Amen. Amen. That's true. Yeah. He doesn't, he gets our attention. And sometimes we can, mm-hmm. you know, walk away or we feel he's not there. I love one of the ones, a lot of people know footprints in the sand, right? You know, mm-hmm. that's not, mm-hmm. where were you? Well, that's when I was carrying you child. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. certainly uh, an amazing difference. You know, the transformation in my life was one of those night and day Damascus road kind of things. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes I think I hear stories like yours where you always, you always had a church and a faith and a sense of who God was. And sometimes I wish I had that. And then I hear other people say, Oh, I wish I had, I could say this was the moment, you know? Um, But again, even the way we come to him is unique. So um, thank you so much uh, for sharing your story with us today, Shar. I'm I'm really grateful that God had us meet and that it was on purpose. Um, That's really makes it special. And I'm looking forward to being on your podcast in a couple of days. Um, I hope you have an amazing Thanksgiving and I'm just really grateful um, for your vulnerability today. Thank you, Amanda. And thank you so much for having me. Hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. And this has been a lot of fun. And I am looking forward to to our podcast as well. I, I, I know you're going to have some amazing things to say about gratitude because certainly you have many, many podcasts discussing it. So <laughs> and you've lived it. So 
Well, I, I thank you so much for the kind words. Anything that I have worth sharing, I, I have to give God credit for. It's really not me, but um, but I will share the things uh, that I've learned. And um, yeah, I just hope you have a great day. Thanks so much. You too. Take care. Hey, so I just want to thank you so much for spending your time with me. And I want to challenge you to go out today and to just take notice and to stop and really look around and find at least one good thing, one thing to be thankful for. You know, if you do that today, you're going to find so many more things tomorrow without even trying. Because once you start, you begin to see what's always been there. And if you need a refill, you can come join me again for another cup. Make sure to subscribe and have an awesome day and go be grateful. Thank you.